0: And the Empower with M podcast is back, guys. So we took a short little break, just one week break between the 100th episode and now because I wanted to launch season three for you guys with a bang. Okay, so I wanted to give you an opportunity to make sure that you caught up on all the episodes from season two because season two was such a powerful season right like there was so much focus on business i shared so much insight into my own business journey and also into my own you know self growth journey over the past you know year as well So what I'm going to be doing in season three is, again, continuing to share insights into my business journey with you guys, but also diving a lot more into sharing my spiritual journey as well. That's something that I really want to bring more to you guys this season, and I know that it's something that so many of you will be interested in learning about. But to kick off today's episode, episode 101, we are following on. From the 100th episode, and I have a very, very special guest joining us today. So let's dive into this conversation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Empower with M. I am your host, Emily Jane Saroff, but you can call me M. I hope you're ready to expand your mindset, raise your vibrations, break through limiting beliefs, and to seriously start owning your power. But before we dive into today's episode, if you haven't already, make sure you hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on any of my episodes. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I sure am ready. So let's get empowered. Welcome back to the podcast, guys. Oh, my goodness. I can't believe we're at episode 101 already. So, so many exciting things have been going on lately. And as you guys would all know, last week or last episode was the 100th episode. And for that episode, I actually did a very special collaboration with a fellow entrepreneur and I have decided to bring her onto the podcast today to share insights into her journey and her business growth so hopefully you guys can learn from her. So I'm so excited to introduce Michelle Smith, the co-founder of Aussie Biz Chick onto the podcast So,
1: welcome Michelle. Hi I'm so excited to be here and congratulations on your 100th episode. Wow. Thank
0: you I'm so excited to have you here as well like literally since the moment I came across you on Instagram I was like "Mm, this girl's coming on the podcast one day and I love that it just so happened to align in the way that it did with you know the 100th episode and everything and it's fun celebrating it with
1: someone else you know. (laughs) Yeah 100% and it's like looking in a mirror we have kind of the same vibe and like you know, love dancing on Instagram and just putting ourselves out there. So it's really? good that we like caught up. It's so good. I love
0: it. That's exactly what I love. We have so much in common. And even like the whole journey, you know, as our own journeys as entrepreneurs, I feel like they have so much similarities in that as well. So what I'll get you to do is just give yourself an introduction so all of our listeners can get to know you a bit better in case they don't already know who you are and what Aussie Biz Chick is.
1: Yeah, so as you said, I'm the co-founder of Aussie Biz Chick. We're a monthly subscription box for female entrepreneurs down here in Australia. So we're all about providing female entrepreneurs the best resources to help grow their business, but making it super fun. So we have a book plus some extra surprise goodies in the box, as well as an online learning hub and invites to exclusive masterclasses each month. And I come from a marketing background and I started this business uh, last year during the pandemic and it's completely just changed my life. I now work full time, quit my corporate job on to work on Aussie Biz Chick and it's been an absolute blast. I love that and I love everything that your
0: business is centered around. I think I think it was um it was actually on my private Instagram that I found you initially. It wasn't even <laughs> on my business page and I was like, "Ooh, this girl's onto something. I need to check this out." But um what I'd love for you to share some insights into is sort of what your journey was like towards starting your business because I feel like, you know, everyone's journey is so different. But what was the process for you in terms of coming up with the idea to the point of actually quitting your job and then going all in on it?
1: Yeah so like I said it was during the pandemic and at this point um, I was working from home. I had a lot of spare time and I knew anyway that I was probably going to start a business but it just felt like this was the right time and so I actually you know a lot of people start a business from a passion. They might be a great creative at you know making designing clothes or anything like that but I actually started with researching the market and seeing where a gap in the market was and I found that in the US and UK subscription boxes are absolutely huge so if you go look at UK US there's a subscription box for everything but down here in Australia it was only really starting to come into the market and um, discussing it with Luke who's also co-founder of Aussie Biz Chick we thought a subscription box would be a really great business to start down here in Australia. There wasn't that much competition. So we definitely thought that. And then I just kind of thought, what would I like to get every month? What do I struggle with? And that's how kind of the box came to be. And then in terms of actually starting it and growing it, listened to a lot of podcasts, watched a lot of videos. I really liked listening to a guy called Sam Ovens. Great guy, like just strips down business and brings it back to the basics of, hey, you're providing value to people. And then I also followed other subscription boxes, um, you know, followed their journey. I have a mentor called Liam Brennan who helps me with the subscription box side of things. Um, And then in terms of marketing and doing Facebook ads, um, that's kind of something I learned from my corporate marketing job. I come from a marketing background. So I was able to use those skills to really hone in on the marketing side um, and scale the business that way to where I am now pushing on 300 members. So I started off with 15 and now I'm nearly pushing on 300. So it's all kind of, you know, learning, keeping up with the market, trying out new content trying out different Facebook ads, copywriting, tweaking website. And it's just all part of growing and making sure you get that data and the analytics to make business decisions in order to grow and tweak things.
0: Mm, that's so awesome i love the whole journey you've been on and i love how you mentioned that it really was through market research that you found the idea for the business and finding that gap in the market currently so i guess for this is like something that i hear commonly when people do start businesses that do end up booming they're, they're like all oh, right i looked for the gap in the market but for maybe anyone who's not familiar with what that term means um and all of that Whoa, what is the gap in the market and how can you go about sort of like, you know, finding an area that isn't already oversaturated and, and starting a business
1: surrounding that? This is what I do. So you need to step out of society. This is what you're got to do. You're going to step out of society and see what kind of the trend is. So let's take fitness, for example. And I'm going to give Gymshark as an example because they really changed the market for athleisure and athletic wear. So at the time before Gymshark came out, the trend in the market was you had to be really buff looking uh, to fit in the fitness industry, right? That's how you could only cap into the market and be part of the fitness industry. What Gymshark did is it flipped it over and said, okay, there's a gap here. People think this way. I'm going to think it the other way and say, no, you don't have to look like this. It's inclusive. Um You know, you don't have to be having so much protein and doing all this. You can be inclusive, but it's this way. And they used influencers to kind of market that certain look of, you can be lean, you don't have to be super bulk. And so they kind of shifted the market on its head there. So really you want to step outside and see what society is following at the moment and flip it on its head and bring it back. Like, and that's what's going to make you stand out because you're not following the status quo, right? Also, another thing is look at kind of where we are in terms of the market. So I knew that we hit COVID, right? And I knew that there was more need for people wanting to order things online. If you listen to the news and you read articles, a lot of things came out about, hey, online orders have skyrocketed about 50%. I think I read some sort of article about that. So it's important that if you are in business, you should be subscribing to newsletters and subscribing to those kind of things because that's where you'll start to pick up trends in the market. Can you flip that trend on its head or can you offer something that's happening right now that can fix a solution or problem that's happening in the market? I hope that explains kind of that thinking. Yes, it totally does. And I love that as well, because essentially what
0: you're saying is rather than seeing what's trending and booming at the moment, look at, you know, the areas that sort of aren't overly saturated rather than having to compete within the markets that are already popping, create your own market. It's kind of like there's this, um, I spoke about it very briefly on another podcast episode with someone else recently but it's like the blue fish, no, blue ocean, red ocean. And basically the red ocean is the oversaturated, um, you know, areas that everyone's already tapping into. And rather than diving into the red ocean and having to compete for the spotlight and, and for space to move, what you want to do is create your own ocean find where there is a gap see what you can offer that is different to what's already out there so I think that's so cool that you really took that and ran with that with your business and I think that you know definitely like you've kick-started this trend here in Australia like mm-hmm. I'm obsessed with watching all of the boxes that you're sending out and I love as well how you mentioned um the growth that you've made within your community. I was looking at your real, I think it was yesterday and you posted your very first sort of orders going out and there was like what, 20, 20 odd boxes or something. And then next minute, there's like this full wall (laughs) of all of these shipments you need to make. And that was after a year of growth. So that's incredible for you. Number one, congratulations on that. I'm sure like, you know, you must be feeling so proud, being able to reflect and see the growth you've made. But my other question, I guess, for you would be, is what does it really take to grow like that? You know, I, I do know you did some, um, I do know that you did some something with sticky notes at the very beginning of your business. Now, is this a marketing strategy? And, and it, tell me some more about what it really takes to grow at the scale that you've grown at.
1: Yeah, so in the beginning... I'll first say that I didn't use that many Facebook ads because I was testing different content, just seeing what worked organically first before I put money into it. Um, And so with the sticky note strategy, when I was launching, obviously, when you launch, you don't have that much social proof, like you're just launching. I didn't even have a product um, at that point. So I was doing a founding members launch and these people were getting in when i have a product it was really just buying into me and I was just making sure I was saying the value that they would get out of becoming a VIP and getting in early so I offered in a gift um, as well as early access to the learning hub if you joined super early and if I did get a member for that kind of social proof is I would get their name and I would write it on a sticky note and I would put it up on my whiteboard. So anybody who is watching my stories or following my journey can see, hey, yeah, people are joining. I want to join that. I want to be on the sticky note um, wall, right? And I do a little dance. And it's just about making it fun and connecting with your audience on social media. People really love vibing to people who bring off a good, happy vibe. Like you would know this, right? You're great at doing that. So just think if somebody's watching you, like if you're making them feel excited and happy, they're going to feel excited and happy about your product or service because you're kind of giving off that energy. And then once I kind of did that, worked out what content worked the best. And for my audience, female entrepreneurs out there, you love the behind the scenes. I think that's something that you can relate to. You love seeing that process. And so really most of my ads, the ads that work the best are just me packing boxes or introducing myself and the business. I like, That's what my audience loves and I just pay Facebook to put it in front of them. I think when you do things organically, it can take time and I'm not going to sit here and say I did it organically. I was able to get to nearly 300 members just through organic. I'm going to be honest. I 100% used Facebook ads and Instagram ads and that's how I was able to scale really quickly because I was paying Facebook to put my content in front of the audience I wanted to see it.
0: Mm, I love that. I think that's such helpful advice, and there's no harm in being able to boost yourself in that way. At the end of the day, like it's all about getting yourself out there in front of people, and that's one really effective way of doing so. But what I love that you mentioned is how you know initially these founding members were buying into you. You know they weren't buying into a product; they were buying into you. So that says to me that. Your personal branding is so so important for when it comes to actually creating clients for yourself. So, how did you go about building your personal brand for yourself?
1: Mm. So, I actually was humming and ah-ring very in the beginning, like, ah, oh, do I put my face on the brand? Because believe it or not, I'm super introverted. So, if you actually met me in real life, I'm actually a little bit shy. If I don't know the person, the person, um, so. At the beginning, I was like humming and ah but I knew from a marketing standpoint, people buy into people. They don't buy into brands. Like even if you look at, you know, Nike, right? Um, great documentary about Michael Jordan on Netflix. He made Nike, right? So people bought Nike because of Michael Jordan. And so at the end of the day, we know people buy products because of people. Um, and in this social media age with competition, what differentiates your brand, it seriously can be you. And I just had to know that was my goal. And so really in terms of showing up, just getting on Instagram stories, showing your face, all most of my reels starts off with me like, hey, um, you know, be confident, go out there. And I really do equate to the business growth thanks to my personal branding. Because like I said, most of my content, most of my ads are with me in the ad or in the content so very important and really it's just showing up and putting yourself out there i mean what what more can i say like just put yourself out there and be confident be confident in yourself
0: i love that and you're so right it is people do buy into other people rather than companies yes. or brands and and i think that that's something you see so commonly online these days as well specifically because there are so many more online businesses booming at the moment you know i think specifically speaking within the coaching industry like the whether or not you're going to be working with a client is entirely going to come down with to who you are as a person and whether they connect with you as a person right like the difference between you working with me versus working with someone else is based off who you're going to resonate and connect with more and the same comes when you're you know a product based business people want to support The person, not the logo, which is something that I've spoken to some people about in the past as well. So it's really awesome that you've been able to bring that up and sort of chat through that with us today. So I guess then my next question based off that sort of area we're looking at is, what are some of your top tips for when it comes to connecting with people online and, and you know, showing up online in an authentic way? Obviously, you have a very specific sort of way that you carry yourself and show yourself online. I also have my own. But how can someone go about finding their own authentic way to show up online?
1: Mm, you know what? Like I feel it really does all start with your niche and your target audience. I mean, I'm not saying change your personality to be like what your audience wants to see. But usually I do see that the business creator, you know, gives off the same vibe as what their target market wants to see. So actually, really, number one is at the end of the day, you're not going to please everybody. Like, you know, not everybody's got a vibe with you. But if you kind of have the same values, you know you do, this is your business, you know your target market, you know their values inside and out. Don't be afraid. Just go on there and show up as you and i reckon they will vibe with you because i feel like you started this business because you have some sort of connection to the target market i'm really making an assumption here for the listeners but i'm going to assume that and so just be yourself and make sure you're providing value like You know, I I provide tips sometimes when I come online. Um, Just see what your audience likes to watch when you come online. Um, Make sure you're polling them, asking questions and, you know, vibing with them, connecting with them. So that would be my number one tip. Just show up, be yourself, know what your target market wants to see from you, right? Do they want to see you be more authoritative in some senses when you're giving off tips and advice? Or maybe do you want to be more comedic in how you do things? Is that what your target audience wants to see, but still be you. So just know what they want to see, but still be you. I love that. Yeah, that's amazing. I absolutely love all of that advice
0: that you've shared with us. And so I want us to sort of like mix it up a little bit and, and change the focus of what we're going to have a chat about. And I guess, you know, you've been in business for a year now and there's going to have been a lot of challenges that come up along the way for you for sure. So what have some of the biggest challenges been since switching from your nine to five to entrepreneurship and how have you gone about managing them?
1: Mm, I'd say in terms of when I first started the business, um, trying to get courses and people coming on for masterclasses was a struggle. Like I think I spent like hours and hours trying to do that, sent out hundreds and hundreds of emails and got like one or two replies. So the hustle is real in the beginning and that was something I was getting used to. And honestly, I stopped exercising. I kind of stopped looking after myself. We were getting Uber Eats all the time. And what I found was, and this was really important, if you kind of stop caring for you, And your mental health and your well-being, your business will suffer. Like, I'm not even kidding. As soon as I started working out again, started caring for myself, stopped working till 1am, that's when my business really thrived because I looked after myself first, then I had the energy to scale and grow. So that was kind of my first challenge was looking after me first. Second challenge when it comes to just the subscription box business is, um, you know, make sure you're getting samples. Like sometimes I thought, oh no, this looks good. This will look good in the box. Um, But then it comes and let's say you bulk ordered something and you're like, oops, no, this doesn't look good. So make sure you're sampling things, especially if you're a subscription box business. And with subscription boxes, you want to be really organized. So suppliers need to get products to you like on time. I remember... I was doing um, a My Goals product and it was the day of having to pack because I had to send out the boxes the next day. I ended up having to go all the way to the My Goals office. Thank God they we in Melbourne to pick them up. So organization was a big skill I learned. And then I'd say for me personally, and I'm just being super open, when you run a subscription box, you're going to deal with cancellations, but you can't take it personally. And the, you might feel this, Maybe you've got on a um, coach like discovery call, but then they don't end up going with you or continuing that relationship. And you do take things personally and you get really sad. And I still struggle with that now when somebody cancels, I'm like, oh, no, like, is my product shit? Like, do they not like me? And then Luke always has to remind me, yeah, you might have three cancellations, but Michelle, there's 250 people who love your box. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay, so if you do get like people leaving hate comments or you get a terrible customer experience, just know that there's others out there who absolutely love your product and don't get into that bad mindset habit of putting yourself down when you don't necessarily meet a customer's wants or needs. There's plenty of people in the world who are going to love your product.
0: Yes. I think that these are all such relatable sort of challenges as well. Like I'm sure most other people in in their own entrepreneurial journeys have gone through similar things. I know for me, the boundaries and self-care is like the biggest area that I've had to learn to work through. And it is, it's hard to just pull yourself up and try not to overwork yourself. But when you do run yourself down that ends up setting you back further because then you can't show up at all, right? For the different people who are expecting you and just your energy in general. So boundaries and self-care is so important. And then of course, yeah, organization and how you handle rejection. And that's something we talk about a lot on this podcast is how to handle rejection. But when it comes to organization, what are some things that have really, really helped you to become more organized within yourself and your business?
1: Mm, So every, well, I have a weekly Running to do list. And what I do is I will maybe take out two or three tasks to do in one day, and then I'll cross them off for the day. But I have that weekly running to do. Um, And then the day before, I will just pick two or three tasks to do the next day. I never overwhelm myself with the massive to do list. Of the day because that really overwhelms you. So I do that. And then also, in terms of kind of where my business is going month to month, we, me and Luke, have a huge strategy session board. And I don't know if you've heard, it's called OKRs. Have you heard of OKRs? So it's a certain way to write out objectives. And what you do is you write out your main pillars, your main objectives, and then you break them down into like a yearly, monthly, weekly, daily. And so every daily task you do, you know, what back up to the main pillar and focus of your business. So for example, for me, I go, Hey, I want to reach 500 members by the end of the year. Okay. What do I have to do social media wise? What do I have to do operations wise? So that's where Luke will look into that. So you have those core pillars and that's what helps me structure my day, day to day, if that makes sense. And then in terms of kind of, I get this question a lot, content. Sometimes I actually just might leave it to the last minute on the day. I know I have to do a reel out on this day, but sometimes I leave it to last minute because something might happen on the day that I will create a reel off if a, a mistake has happened. But usually now I have a certain kind of schedule because I'm essentially launching a new box every month. So I have a schedule of, hey, this is when I need to reveal the book. This is when I need to reveal who's the masterclass. And that kind of structures my content on a daily basis. But again, I look up OKRs. There's a great book, Measure What Matters. Really helps with kind of knowing what you need to do every day and weekly and monthly.
0: I love that. I love that so much. So scheduling is so, so important, obviously. And then in regards to these OKRs, it sounds very much like reverse engineering your goals and making sure that the small daily actions you're taking are actually contributing to that bigger goal and like that's the thing right like you want to be focusing on those small daily actions rather than constantly looking at the end goal but if you do that sort of reverse engineering at least you know you're always heading in the right
1: direction so that sounds so helpful thank you for that and get rid of the fluff you know a lot of people do stuff that doesn't actually going to help them reach their goals, So that's why it's super important. Like I'm even at the stage now where I'm probably looking to hire some people because you want to kind of step out of the business a bit. So stop working in your business and start working on the business. So that's also a big thing when you come to strategizing what you're going to do. If you have a weakness, just get somebody to help you. I'm terrible yes. at photos. So I've gotten somebody now who's going to take photos of the box. Because I'm terrible at them. Like I don't want to waste time trying to learn though. So I'm going to hire somebody. So just think like, yeah, what task activities can you offset and how is it going to reach your main goal? Yeah, it's
0: it's all about really like outsourcing your weaknesses. Like, you know, and you don't want your business to be running you. You want to be running your business. So yeah, like yeah, I'm such a big believer in outsourcing help. Like, you know, even things like, being able to give someone responsibilities on social media so you can be more physically present for, well, in my case, clients and for you yes. in terms of actually planning and preparing the future content and, and boxes and all of that, having people managing this sort of um, fluff, like you said, that you don't physically need to be present for. Yes, yes. I think that's like a big shift that a lot of people struggle to make within their businesses. But at the end of the day, it just comes down to where their mindset is at and not actually understanding the value in outsourcing where it's needed. So that's awesome that you brought that up as well. What I wanted to ask you, though, is obviously you've made some massive growth and you can see that just through the content that you're putting out online. Like there's obviously, you know, massive growth that's been made within your business in the past year. You've got a community of, you know, 300 and growing right now. It's so incredible. But what's it been like for you really looking back at your growth and and reflecting? Because I know I was reflecting myself when I was recording my 100th episode. And I'm like, when I started the podcast, I didn't know that this was where it would lead me and, and, you know, leaving my job and leaving my degree and all of that. So for you, what has it been like for you reflecting back on the growth you've made so far?
1: Um, You know what? I was doing this yesterday because I did release that reel about like where I saw myself. And I actually think now like, wow, that's happened really quickly. Like I, I'll, I'll be honest. I didn't think it was actually going to, be able to quit my corporate job. Like I thought I'd still be working it right now. Um, like it's just astounds me. But at the same time, I had some confidence. So in the beginning, I always had a confidence. And I always said to myself, no, nah, I'm definitely going to be working on this full time really soon. Um, like, I, so I knew it. I, I know people think sometimes law of attraction is like hoo-ha whatever, but... Seriously, I think if you have that mindset, like it works, and I'm so grateful to my members. I wouldn't be here without my members, and I'm so grateful that people are enjoying the box. And I can't believe sometimes that oh, people actually like my product. People like me, what? So yeah, I look back and think, wow. Well, yeah, I. You have to. You have to. It's okay to give yourself a pat on the back sometimes, and. Yeah, I hate bragging. I'm not that type of person to brag, but I'd say, yeah, I'm pretty happy with what I've done and I'm super grateful and it can only go up from here.
0: I am all about letting people brag on this (laughs) podcast because I think it's so important. You know, like you shouldn't have to keep your success to yourself. You should be able to stand tall and say, I am proud of what I've done because you've put in the hard work. And if anyone takes offense to you being proud of what you've achieved, that's on them, not on you. That's about their own insecurities and scarcity mindset. But you've worked hard to get to where you've gotten. So you should own that girl. (laughs) And so tell me, obviously, when you left your job as well, was there any doubts in your mind that maybe this would all fall through? Did you have like a plan B in place in case you had to go back to your workplace? And what was your mindset around that?
1: Hmm, yeah, so this was my mindset. And you know, I had long conversations with Luke about it. And I also actually had conversations with, you know, I was in a marketing team at my corporate job. Um, and they're actually really good friends of mine. And by the way, my boss is amazing. Like, he was so supportive. And He was a big mentor in kind of my first four or five years of my career when it came to marketing. Um, But at that time, I have to think like, I'm only 26. I don't have any kids. um, I don't have a mortgage. So if I was going to do something like this, it would be now. So that was my mindset. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to do it. In terms of, you know, am I worried that this is going to fall apart? No, like I said before, I had a comp- I have a confidence that this is not going to fall apart. But at the end of the day, if it doesn't, I can just always go back into the workforce. Like mm. there's actually a lot of opportunities out there. I can always go back. And I, I mean, I could put on my resume, hey, I've built up this business. Do I think I'll have to do that? I don't think so. I think the next move for us is to get Luke to finish his corporate job so we're hoping when we reach 500 members he'll be able to leave and he'll be able to do Aussie Biz Chick full-time but again it's you know I'm at that part of my life I'm 26 don't have a mortgage don't have kids it was a perfect time to do it there's not that much risk in it for me so that was kind of the the mindset and that leap Mm, I love that see I resonate so much with what you're saying because for me
0: last year like I was 22 when I was like oh yeah pulling the plug on this and, and going all in I'm like you know what yeah There's so much time to like try and fail young, and try again. And like, I'm such a big believer that no matter where you are in life, it's never too late to take the risk and give it a shot anyway, because what worst case scenario, you just go back to the last job or you just go find something else. Right. But it's better to have tried and failed than to have never tried at all, I
1: think. Yes. And then you'll live with regret. I think I read somewhere that one of the things people regret a lot is starting their own business and doing their own thing. So don't be that person.
0: Exactly that, exactly that. Now I have one final question. Well, technically two final questions for you, but the last question regarding your business and and Aussie Biz Chick and the vision and mission you have around it. What is next for Aussie Biz Chick? What can we expect to see?
1: Yeah, you know, I've been working hard to build a really good learning hub. So I've been trying to make exclusive content myself. So more courses from me personally about, how to run Facebook ads and more exclusive content for the hub. Right now we're getting a lot more better speakers as well as we're growing. So I'm super excited about that. And a lot of cool themes coming up for the box as well. But in terms of me, I'm thinking, you know, some sort of coaching for people who want to start subscription boxes that could be a potential thing in the future but for Aussie Biz Chick I really want to do events in the future as well like imagine all of us doing a boozy brunch or something like that like honestly I picture it as a huge network of women a tribe that we can all come together lift each other up so that's kind of the big future that I see Aussie Biz Chick being um but for now you know sticking to the month to month, monthly themes, masterclasses, getting the most out of helping, you know, you guys, female entrepreneurs, build your business. You know, you never have to do things alone. And that's kind of the big thing, like join this tribe, like, but make it fun, you know, make learning fun. Why does learning have to be boring? It doesn't. Make it fun. And that's what I'm trying to do with Aussie Biz Chick.
0: I love that. And I really love that Aussie Biz Chick is more than just a product. You know, it's really about providing as much value and resources as you can to help other people really take the plunge and take the step towards building something of their own. I think, you know, in schools, we're all taught how to be employees, not employers. And I think that mm, behind what you're teaching here, you're really helping people step up and, and, you know, gain new resources to help them become the employer and start something of their own. Now, I had a little bit of a chuckle in my head when I thought of this, but can we expect to see anything for Aussie biz boys or just for biz chicks at this stage?
1: You know what? It's so funny. I had like a few um, people from my corporate job before be like, "If this was actually for guys, like I would actually get this." I was like, "Really?" He's like, "Yeah." And I had one ask, <laughs> one ask, hey, can I um access the tribe and the learning hub? Like it might be a bit weird. You're the only guy, but maybe, maybe Luke was saying, "Hey, I could definitely do something like this, but he'd just prefer getting the books and the resources, not the actual stationery and all that cute stuff for your desk." So maybe, maybe there'll be uh, a guy one later in 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 the Aussie biz chick line of products or services who knows maybe that's,
0: that's my favorite thing about business is like having that sort of brainstorming of all the different possibilities that you can make for yourself from it all but I have one final question for you Michelle given that this is the empower with Them podcast what is one final piece of empowering advice you'd love to leave our listeners with
1: today Ooh, one piece of empowering de- uh, advice I would say believe in yourself if you get knocked down yes cry for like a minute or two minutes but you bloody hell get the hell back up okay you keep going and keep learning make sure you're reading those articles during those courses listening to the podcasts, and really just believe in yourself you know you have something special and you've worked really really hard so don't give up now and really just keep going and in terms of kind of advice to just marketing wise, always focus on the value and the problems you are fixing for your customers, for your audience. And add a little sprinkle of spice by introducing yourself and showing behind the scenes of your brand. Be confident. And like Em said, empower yourself. Like You're your biggest advocate, probably, you know, look at yourself in the mirror and go, yes, I'm going to have a great day today and I'm going to achieve some stuff. I'm going to get shit done so you can do it. I love that.
0: I've so loved having you on this podcast and connecting with you. I think it's so fun when you get to meet other, you know, like minded people who are on a similar journey to you. And I love that our paths have crossed and we've been able to collaborate yes. together. So I'm so excited to see, you know, what Aussie Biz Chick grows to become. And look, maybe one day if I release a book, I'll send it your way and you can yes. pop it in as a little sure. bit of a, a little <laughs> bit of a freebie in one of the boxes. But um, otherwise, Michelle, thank you so much for your time. It's been so much fun chatting to you and i've absolutely loved every second of it
1: oh thank you so much for having me this was so fun i love your energy and congratulations again on your podcast that's amazing so that's a wrap on today's episode if you
0: enjoyed this podcast or know somebody who needs to hear this then send this to them and share it to your stories tagging me at empower.with.m.podcast If you want more from the podcast, make sure you jump on over to the Empower community on Facebook. I have popped the link in the show notes of this episode, so I can't wait for you to join me there. But that's all for me for now, fam. It's time I love you and leave you. So until we hang again, remember you can break through any limiting mindset, any limiting belief, and you can rise above any challenge and step up and truly be empowered.